Rundown Nation, welcome to the College Football Rundown Roundtable Special Episode coming at you. We got two wise guys here to talk a little gambling strategy, go into the lines, see where they see value this week. I didn't give you guys much this week. I didn't see it. Maybe these guys are seeing something I didn't. Hey, let's introduce them. Mike Story, you guys know him. He's been on the podcast before, two-time fantasy champion in the Scrapbook Classic. Odds on 2019 favorite to win it again this year. As I said, he's been on the podcast. Hey, if you could, Story, let us know who your favorite teams are so that our listeners know where the bias lays. Well, if I had to narrow it down, one team, you're going to put me on the spot here. Right now, I'd have to go with Wisconsin. I'm a Big Ten guy by heart, so I'm going to stick with a Big Ten team. And I do love Lovey Smith back in his days at Illinois, or back in his days with Chicago and the Bears. So I'd say, Illinois in a close second. But right now, the teams that I'm really in favor of, the ones that I love, are the ones that are making me money on a week-to-week basis. That's what I'm talking about, and that's why you're at the round table, buddy. We also got with us tonight Jamie Zurich. You know, he took time off his busy NHL betting season. That's where he makes his money, ladies and gentlemen. He took time off that NHL betting season to join us, give us his insights. He was also a scrapbook classic champion, I believe – I wasn't supposed to bring this up. I think I said I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'm going to anyways. He beat Story one year, took home the ship. He's a linesman linesman extraordinaire. If you could, Zerk, let us know maybe who your favorite teams are so, again, our guests know where the bias is going to be. Uh, Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, I am a big, big Oregon Ducks fan. That's uh, where my uh, loyalty lies Um, and overall just Pac-12 fan in general. Uh, so that's where a little bit of my bias will come in there. Hey, I understand it, but that's also where your expertise comes in because you're watching those games every week, aren't you? Absolutely. I figured as much. I'd like to go into, you know, we're probably going to do it if we do this roundtable format again. We'll do the same thing, but we're going to go into maybe the biggest movers on the week. Then we're just going to jump right into games where these guys see value. I'll jump in a little bit here and there, but mostly just here to moderate. What I will do, if it gets a little too heated... I know a story can get off the rails sometimes. I'm going to give them a 30-second timeout. <laughs> no. Yep. You're, it's coming, Story. You might as well lose your mic now. It's it's going to be muted half the time anyways. But if we we'll do, see what happens. We will see. If we do jump right in, you know, we got a custom application I built. goes through. What it does is it breaks down the biggest movers, over-unders, and point spread specifically. I'm looking through my list right now. I'm looking at the over-under biggest movers on the week so far. As we're recording, it's Thursday night. A lot of the lines come out Tuesday for the big books. Some are out on Sunday. What's the earliest you guys have seen them out? Uh, it depends. You can usually get some South Southgate uh, lines up as early as Tuesday morning, maybe Monday night, depending. That's where I've seen them out in Vegas. Yeah, start popping up then. It seems like the totals usually come out third, uh, Tuesday afternoon is kind of when those start popping up. Absolutely. That's for the big Not boys. sure if the offshore books – yeah, those offshore. Not sure if the offshore books come out earlier. They do. They come out earlier. Sometimes it can actually. Zerg was the one telling me about this. Sometimes it can lead to some catching some value right away if you catch those offshores. But now things are so tight. There's so many books that you you don't get that a lot. But it does happen. Let's jump and, back into the. Well, open. can I just jump? Let me uh, let me correct something. I think I said South Gate. I meant South Point. I don't want anybody to take uh, take issue with my credentials there. Wise guy through and through. <laughs> South Point, baby. That's that's they got a good uh what's that uh I don't know if anybody gets the serious radio channel, but they have a good um 
gambling network on there from the South Point. You guys should check it out. I'll put it on our Twitter. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but um, South Point, we got your story. But I do want to get into these biggest Appreciate over under West Virginia, Oklahoma State. That over under dropped six. There's a specific reason we'll probably get into it. Kent State, Ball State jumped three and a half on the over under. Wake Forest, Duke dropped three and a half. USC, UCLA, a game Woj and I talked about this week. You guys want to get a little insight? Check out our podcast episode from this week. This game jumped another three points, probably a point or two since Woj and I talked about it. Hawaii dropped down three points. Like they're playing San Diego State this week. You know what? I don't see moving on this, which kind of surprises me. That Oregon State, Washington State game, highest over under the week, right, Story? That is correct. This is a game that I wanted you to throw on here, Wall, because it's my kind of game. This is a, this is the opposite of your kind of game, right? This is a Pac-12 after dark, my favorite time to watch games, as opposed to your big Big Ten grind them out slugfest unders games. This is a game that has overridden all over it. Sir, did you take a look at this game at all? Yeah, actually, uh, last week thinking about it, wanted to go uh, just blindly on the over until uh, until it saw it come out at what 75. Is that where it's sitting at? I see 75 and a half. Some some places have it at 76. So that's that's pretty pretty tough. But the the thing is, I mean, both of these teams, neither one has much of a defense to speak about. They both like to throw the ball and can throw the ball at will. Mike Leach's air raid offense has been putting up points for years now. Uh, I, do, I don't know that I would go under in this game, but I don't know that I'd take you over either. 75 and a half is a lot. It's a tough nut to crack. Um, but, the, you know, these are these are two really bad defenses, and I could see both these teams going well into the 30s, maybe the 40s. If I had to, to gun to my head, pick a side, I would probably lean over, but I would go small, make a small unit bet on that. I definitely agree with you there on that uh, that lean there story. I like the unit sizing story. That's that's what these wise guys are going to bring to you people. You know, you don't have as much confidence. You're going to decrease that unit size. How much, however much you're betting, right, story, you're going to decrease a little bit without that confidence. Well, you guys have talked about it a little bit on the rundown, and it's important to, to have bankroll. Bankroll management is one of the most critical components of gambling and gambling success. You need to know how much you can afford to lose on a season-long basis and then break that down on a weekly basis and then break that into unit sizes. And then your confidence in the game is going to dictate what unit size bet you'll place on each each given uh, bet. That way you don't get over your skis, so to say, and you don't expose yourself too much to losses that you can't afford to come back from. Loving it, Story. I'm loving it. You know, we're going to do a mini-sode on just that topic. I'm going to bring you on. I hope you're free for it. But that's that's something everybody needs to think about. But what we want to do, get back a little bit to the games. I know you people want to hear these guys and what they have to say about them. Oklahoma State, West Virginia, another game I'm going to throw at you guys. What are you thinking about that one? So the big news on this one, gentlemen, is Spencer Sanders, the quarterback for Oklahoma State, had thumb surgery this morning, and he's going to be out for the season. There's some inclination that he might be back by bowl season. That's uh, iffy. But for our purposes this week, that changes things a lot on this game. Now, the line has already dropped a little bit in favor of West Virginia. Uh, Oklahoma State is still the odds-on favorite to win this game. I believe it's sitting at five and a half now. Five and a half, I think, is the last I saw that. Yep, I think that puts a little value on yeah. uh, Oklahoma State here. I mean, again, even losing your quarterback, it's going to be a little colder there this week. Um, run game could be a little more important, um, which Oklahoma State dominates West Virginia on that front. Oklahoma State 
might be one of the best, if not the best running team in the nation with Chuba Hubbard there. I, I agree with you. I think they're going to have to rely on the run game a lot more. Um, they, Oklahoma State doesn't – we don't even know if Drew Brown, they say he might be available, but it's, it's likely that he's not. I mean, Dylan Stoner is the backup there. He's attempted one pass this season. I'm not liking it. I'm not liking this game at all. If I had to, to wager on this game, um, I'd, probably, I'd probably throw down on, on West Virginia a little bit and see if Austin Kendall – excuse me – can make something happen in in the uh, in the passing game. I, I I think this is going to be a lower scoring game than people think. The last I saw over under on this was uh, was it sixty or excuse me fifty five? Is that correct? Yeah, it's sitting at fifty four and a half right now. We got interesting over unders in the first half, first quarter. Twenty eight and a half on first half. We got thirteen and a half on first quarter. But you were right. It's sitting at fifty four and a half on the full game. Yeah, I might look at a first half under on this game and think that both teams are going to rely on the running game, try to slow the clock down, feel each other out um, and just kind of get through this, at least through the first half. And then we'll see what happens with the rest of the game. I don't like this game at all, though. I'd probably stay away from it. Hey, you got a spread that opened at eight, dropped all the way down to five and a half. There's a lot of people that aren't, that don't know what's going on with this game. So maybe it goes back to my idea this week of there not being a lot of value. Although going to the big 10, Mr. Story here might disagree with me. I know he has some opinions on that Michigan-Indiana game. Well, let's just get this out of the way right now. I am not a fan of Mr. Harbaugh's there. I think he's overstayed his welcome uh, in Michigan, and I think it's time they move on. And uh, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna let Zerg jump in with his thoughts, but I have some pretty strong opinion about this, opinions about this game. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm not as uh, st- strongly opinionated on this game as uh, you are, Story. Uh, I mean, I'd lean Michigan there, but uh, yeah, what's uh, Indiana at here? I was trying to look earlier what their uh, most recent game was. What was that again? They played Penn State. They lost. They lost by about a touchdown, I think it was. Let's keep in mind they kept it close. I I, I don't agree with you at all, Zurich. I love Indiana in this spot. I think eight and a half is way too much for Michigan to be laying on the road. I know their offense has been playing better, but I love what Indiana's been doing. Um, the The backup quarterback there has been really an amazing fill-in for Michael Penix. Peyton Ramsey's uh, the, the backup's name. He's done a great job. I just think Indiana going to be able to, to, to keep the ball out of Michigan's hands. I, I think we're going to have a lower-scoring game than people think. I, I know the over-unders in the, in the low 50s, uh, but I like Indiana to, to probably cover. Uh, I don't think that there's a win in their future, but certainly keep it within a touchdown. So I love it. I'd, I'd pound Indiana. Story, we got a yeah, split now, though, that jumped up to 10. Are, are you still thinking the same thing? You're saying that Michigan is now minus 10? I am saying Michigan's minus 10. It just happened, actually. I think <laughs> yesterday it jumped. Double it. Double your bet. Whatever you're betting on, Indiana, <laughs> double it. Zer, let us know the right way to think about this game, if you would. Yeah, you know, I, I, I lean the other way. I mean, again, Michigan, I, I kind of questioned early in the year, but of late the last few weeks, they've just really come on strong and have been putting their offense together. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm not sure uh, where Story's full confidence comes there on uh, Indiana other than maybe a uh, strong dislike for Harbaugh, as he uh, clearly identified there. Oh, I, I think that's the key. I All right, if I were to take my his, emotions out of it. Hey, I think you like the chick and you're not talk, happy with Mr. Harbaugh for talking shit about the chicken. I think that's the problem. Listen, I, I tried the no chicken because it's a nervous birthday. It didn't work out. Let me tell you, I'm not playing any better football. I'm just, I just think that Michigan's defense is going to be on their heels. Indiana's got, got a kind of a, a bit of a scary offense. They're, they're bowl eligible. Um, and I think that this game uh, easily, if, if it's minus 10, give me 
Indiana all day long. If it if it's down to seven, I'd still take Indiana. That's a bold call. I'm gonna have to side with Zurich on that one though. I'm I'm really thinking Michigan is a, a team that's getting hot. They're getting hot at a good time. It's gonna be an exciting game this weekend, but also an exciting game next weekend when they take on Ohio State Buckeyes, which has much more implications for obviously the Big Ten championship and the playoffs altogether. But let's jump to another Big Ten game. I think uh, we might get our first mute of the day. Uh, Iowa, Illinois. Zerk, did you have something to say about this game that I might not like? Yeah, I mean, I hesitate uh, bringing up negative things about Iowa to this uh, podcast. And by no means do I think Iowa's going to lose the game. By by no means. I just don't know that they're going to cover two scores. Uh, and what is it? There are eight games this year against either conference or uh, your other favorite team, Iowa State. There have only been two games that have had higher than a seven-point difference, which were Northwestern and Rutgers, and I think we can all agree their offenses or just overall play this year has been uh, been lacking. So it's not so much a confidence in Illinois as it is just kind of a lack of confidence in Iowa putting up enough points to cover the two scores. you have any thoughts on this one, uh, your story? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I um... – uh, I, I don't. I don't think that there's a loss in Iowa's future, as you so eloquently put it. But <laughs> listen, you you gotta go. It's the Christmas season, right? It's right around the corner. You gotta go with Santa Claus and Lovey Smith. <laughs> Minus 15 and a half. That is way too much for this Iowa team to be laying. I know it's at home. It doesn't matter. The, the Iowa defense is great. It doesn't matter. Illinois is is a team that can get uh, get yards in chunks. They're gonna be able to get a couple of good plays. They'll keep it close. I don't I don't think that it's going to be a game that, that we'll see come down to the wire, but I don't see this Iowa team covering 15 and a half. They just don't have the offensive firepower in it. They might not they might not lose the game. Nate Stanley there is experienced enough to not throw the game away or throw interceptions late, but not at 15 and a half. That is ludicrous. I had to sit here and listen to that garbage come out of you guys' mouth for about, what, two minutes now? Let me tell you why <laughs> Iowa will cover this spread. Pretty simple. They've covered four of the last five against Illinois. You guys, you make a point. I'll agree with you. Their offensive coordinator is not doing a very good job this year anyways. But last year, when Iowa played Illinois, they put up 63 on Illinois. You know how many they won by? They won by 63. So you're saying they can't cover, you know, <laughs> a 15 and a half point spread. I'm going to disagree with you. I let you guys get by without your mutes. But just so you know, you guys are both on thin water right now. <laughs> I want to get away from this game because it's going to make me sick if we keep talking about it. Listen to you guys anyways talk about it. Another one I want to talk about, though, Kansas State, Texas Tech. Any strong opinions on this game? Uh, I don't know that I'd say strong opinion, but it was one of the bigger movers you had on the board. Um, I think this is uh, coming off of the West Virginia um, win over Kansas State, which I think has uh, moved that line maybe a little bit, um, which, again, I know you're a bit of a fan of uh, – K-State their wall, but I guess I'm <laughs> I'm low on Texas Tech as well. So it, it's one of those, it, it could go either way. Uh, I don't disagree with the line move, though. Yeah, well, I'd like to get your thoughts on this, just based on, on what your thoughts are on Kansas. I mean, these are two different two different teams, right? The two different offensive strategies, which impacts the defense on both of these teams. Uh, Kansas State is number, I think, five in the Big 12 and 43rd overall in total defense. Texas Tech is last in the conference and 124 in FBS. So two different offensive strategies. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are pretty simple. You know, the Big 12, they play everyone. So we've seen 
almost all these teams play each other. So Texas Tech and Kansas State have played the same teams. So what are we going to do from that? We're going to look at their records. We got Kansas State sitting at a six and four record. We got Texas Tech sitting at a four and six record. Hey, who's the better team considering they played all the same teams? I'd have to say Kansas State. The lines makers are going to agree with me too. Right now, Kansas State is the dog plus two and a half. Zerk mentioned the line is moving, but it actually had a dog flip in this one. Kansas State was the favorite. You know, they are minus one to open this up, I believe. Yeah, that's right. I, again, I think it's maybe coming off of a reaction to that loss to West Virginia, who I'm not high on. And, and maybe that's where this movement's coming. And again, I, I know you're a bigger uh, K-State fan than I, but that could be some of the reasoning there. If I had to slap down some money on this, I'd probably lean Kansas State a little bit. But uh, that, that spread, you got to keep an eye on it as it moves towards the weekend. Um, minus two and a half seems right for me with Texas Tech at home, right? So these these teams would be uh, pretty much a pick 'em on a neutral field. So that seems right for me. But I think this game's going to come down to a field goal. And Kansas State, they've been, they've done a really good job limiting their opponents' offense, offensive possessions. They're probably going to be the last ones to hold on to the ball in this game. Comes down to a field goal. Kansas State covers. Story, I like it. I, I'm going to have to take your side on this one. I'm going halfway here. I'm really appeasing both of you, hoping you guys will come on again. But let's go to something that Zerk can talk about. I know he can talk about it because if I got a question or I want to throw somebody an opinion of mine about the Pac-12, he's the man I'm talking to. Let's go to a Pac-12 game. We got Washington and the team everybody makes fun of me for, for pronouncing incorrectly, Colorado. What do you think, Zerk? <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is one kind of hitting on one of your uh, points from an earlier episode. Sometimes when these lines aren't as appealing, you start looking at maybe a team you want to fade versus necessarily picking a team you are high on. And Washington's one team that I think this year is, is overall been a disappointment from uh, what most people expected. Um, so that's one. It is tough back in Colorado. Obviously, their season's been uh, pretty hit and miss, I guess, uh, puts it mildly. But um, it's one, again, looking at uh, Washington this year, I believe it's only been one team they've beaten by over 14 points. So them at this point playing 14 and a half, I think seems like a big number. It, again, it is tough to fully jump on the Colorado uh, bandwagon the way they've played this year, but they have been putting up points. And I think, again, it'll be a close game, kind of like going back to the uh, Iowa game, not necessarily thinking Colorado has any chance to really win, but I do think they'll keep it within uh, within the 14 points. This is a good one to keep an eye on the line. If it drops to 14, I like Washington on the road. Um, it's it's tough for me to lay 14 and a half. That's one of those key numbers. Uh, you might want to talk about that in a future episode too. Well, I think you did actually talk about that, right? The key numbers, your three, seven, and 14s. Um, 14 and a half, it's tough for me to lay 14 and a half uh, to a team that's been a little bit schizophrenic on offense. Uh, but if it drops to 14, I think Washington can, can cover that or at least get a push. Um, but double-digit spreads in the Pac-12 are tough because a lot of these teams can put up points in bunches, and that's uh, the same with Colorado. Yep, agree with you there, Story. Hey, I like it. I like the logic. Zerk, do you remember, I know you're the one that were, was telling me, I don't know if you got this futures bet in, but you were telling me Washington under on the season for wins. Do you remember what that was at? Uh, I want to say it was nine and a half, and I believe hit two weeks ago against Oregon. Ooh, is that a ticket you're going to be cashing? Did you ever get that in? That will be one I'll be cashing in here. Oh, I like it. I like it. Six and four. Boom. Lock. Gotta like that. Story, I, I know it's coming here. I know it's coming. The mute is coming. I told everyone <laughs> someone's getting a 30-second mute. I'm guessing it's going to be story first because Texas Baylor, we're going to talk about it. I'm going to throw it 
the mic to story while it's not muted. You might as well just have your finger on the button now because if I have to look at Matthew McConaughey's smart face one more time on TV, thank God this game is in Waco or else I would probably not be watching. I can't stand it. I'm not a fan of Texas. I'm not a fan of that program and what they're doing down there. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to lean back. I have some thoughts on where I would put my money on this game, but I'm just going to take a step back for a second, cool off here. <laughs> he doesn't have a choice, Eric. He's uh, muted for 30 seconds. You got any thoughts on this game? Uh, I mean, I, I fear the mute button a little bit here, but I, I don't fully disagree with the story. I, I mean, Baylor's played well, as you guys touched on the other day. I mean, they were running away with it against Oklahoma until they blew it down the end. Um, but Texas just been watching this year. And I, I know you've been a little bit high on their offense, but I just didn't see it in the games I've watched this year. And I know you're uh, watching a little more closely than I, but I'd lead Baylor here. Oh, we got another mute. I'm going to be talking to the rundown nation <laughs> for the next 10 seconds by myself without anybody else talking. Texas plus six. Baylor did not look good against Oklahoma at the end of the game. They looked great at the beginning of the game. You got to close out games. Texas can do that. I like Texas plus six. I'm going to let the other guys jump back in here too because we're going to talk about a, a big game this week. Woj and I went over it a lot in depth, but we can't have a roundtable and not talk about Ohio State, Penn State. Guys, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, this is a, is a big game. Playoff implications on the line. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot right here. We had this, uh, this game requested by a member of the Rundown Nation to be talked about on the pod. So uh, I have some thoughts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it over to Zerk to begin. Let me uh, organize my thoughts here and get back in. Yeah, uh, I was just actually trying to double check here what that total's at now, 58. Um, you know, it's one of those games you can kind of see go either way. I, I could see Ohio State just running over teams just like they have all year. Um, both defenses have been pretty strong. Uh, I know of late Penn State's been giving up a few more points lately, which makes me lean even more towards Ohio State. I, I think. 18 and a half it's out is a interesting good number um you know i i don't have a strong opinion i think all the numbers line up here but i guess story what are your thoughts now that you've collected yourself yeah it's it's a tough one 18 and a half is such a a weird spread you don't see that very often if you're going to get games in this area usually 17 or 20 21 um so 18 and a half i guess you could say that iowa state or excuse me ohio state has uh slowed down a little bit on offense. I mean, they didn't cover against Rutgers last week, so that's that's a dance <laughs> against them, right? I think <laughs> spread was 52-and-a-half, and they only won by uh, 45 or something. Um, no, in all seriousness, though, I mean, both these teams have good defensive, good defensive fronts. That's going to limit some of the running game here. You're going to see a lot of uh, airing it out. Um, Ohio State or Penn State's defense, defensive front is, is really the real deal. Going to get pressures, but nobody, nobody gets out and gets away with big plays like Justin Fields does uh i would probably i think that uh, it's gonna be close in the first half i probably while will you look up and see what the first half line is on this because I'd, I'd probably put a little bit on that state first look half up story i don't need to look anything up the first half lines at minus 10 ohio state i know that minus 10 <laughs> yeah i mean i think I, I wouldn't be surprised if penn state kept this within a touchdown uh at halftime but uh i, I think ohio state walks away with this game towards the end 18 and a half no i don't i don't see that I, it's just uh, Penn State's got offensive firepower too. KJ Hamler, he's banged up. He said he's going to do everything he can to play. That's the wide receiver on Penn State. Um, he makes a big difference in what Sean Clifford and that Penn State offense can do. 
Uh, I would I would go over in this game, 57 and a half, 58, depending on where you get it. Uh, I like this game to go over. Ohio State, like I said, Justin Fields makes big plays. Penn State's going to have to throw the ball to keep up. I, I like this game going over. I can see this easily going into the 60s. Yeah, I think I'd lean with you there on the uh, overstar. It's one of those you look, average points against 10 for Ohio State, 15 for Penn State, you think, defensive showdown. But I, I think you're right. I think it could just – Ohio State starts running away and Penn State's trying to keep up. And, yeah, points, points could start uh, flying. It is pretty strange that we saw an open on the over-under of 56.5, jumped up to 58. Obviously, the weather probably is getting worse than it was thought to be at the beginning of the week. Maybe it's something to do with K.J. Hamler injury that you just spoke about, Story. It's possible, but it's unlikely that a, a wide receiver, especially at the college level, is going to move that line that much. I bet it has more to do with uh, money coming in on one side than the other. I haven't looked at that yet today. Is, uh, isn't is Chase Young coming back as well? Did you guys mention that uh, earlier in the week? Yeah, Woj brought that up. He uh, he made the mention that Chase Young is coming back this week, which is another strange move for the line to jump up. But again, that might have been known before those over-unders were actually opened up or set. As much as, though, I, as I would like to talk Big Ten all day, I love the Big Ten, Big Ten boy. I never got to say my favorite teams. Rundown Nation might not know, but it's – if I had to do the top three, I guess it would be Iowa, Texas, and then Iowa again. So I have a little partiality there, but <laughs> let's move to the SEC. I like to watch these games. These are games that I really do like to watch, type of football I like to watch, especially when this team, Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs are on the television. Georgia, A&M, what are the thoughts? Yeah, Georgia A&M should be a good game, kind of like the last. I don't have strong opinions on either side. The couple things I do see, though, A&M this year, the three real games they've had to play this year, Clemson, Auburn, Alabama, they've lost them all. Uh, that, again, puts me on Georgia's side, who's looked good. Um, again, 13, I think, is a, a good number, but it, it's, again, A&M hasn't looked good against when they've played the tough team, so I, I'd have to side with Georgia, Georgia here. See, I disagree with you there, there, Zurich. In two of those losses that you talked about with A&M, uh, Clemson and Alabama, the Aggies were facing top 10 offenses. The Bulldogs are nowhere near a top 10 offense. I think they're ranked somewhere in the 45 to 50 or 45 to 50th range. So that means this thing comes down to which team can can do the, the little things better. And um, it, it's tough to say that Georgia doesn't do the little things better, but they do turn the ball over a fair amount. They do tend to hurt themselves with penalties a fair amount. So I'm not... This is one of those, again, not predicting an upset on Texas A&M beating Georgia. But at uh, 13 and a half, 14, I, I think I like Texas A&M to cover. I could see this being somewhere 24-21, 27-21, something like that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't have a strong strong side. And, I, again, it's just kind of looking at those. I, I do see, yeah, like you said, Georgia winning. But I do think 13 or, yeah, if you're saying you're seeing it at 14, it's a yeah, tough number to uh, to go on. I like Georgia. I like giving the points, taking Georgia, taking the Bulldogs. Zerk, you and I were having a conversation probably three or four weeks ago about how, you know, it seemed like Georgia every week was given 20, 22, 24. You know, now they're only giving teams 12, 13. Texas A&M, story's right. They're a good team. But when I'm looking at these two teams, I see one comparison game, and that's Auburn. Texas A&M at home got beat by Auburn. Not good. Georgia went on the road, took down the Tigers. One by a touchdown. I like Georgia. I like them for that reason. We have that one common opponent in Auburn. Georgia won at on the road against Auburn. Texas A&M lost at home against Auburn. If you put the margin of victories together for those two, you actually get the exact spread. Coincidence? I think not. These bookies, these lens makers, they know what they're doing. But 
let's jump to a game. There's going to be partiality again, if you guys remember what Zerk was telling you about his favorite team, Arizona State, <laughs> Oregon. What are we thinking? Well, I'm obviously uh, leaning Oregon's way, um, not just for uh, not just based on my bias, but looking at the numbers this year, I mean, Arizona State, they started off strong, strong defense, looking real good. Of late, they just haven't been putting it together. They've been giving up tons of points. Um, Oregon's D obviously has been great all year. Um, again, I, I think Oregon just has has the edge. They're obviously a what are they ranked? Six should be a top four team. Um, I guess we'll see when we uh, go against the uh, Utes in the championship uh, game for the Pac-12 there. But again, I, what do we have? 14, 14 right now. Yeah, it's I, I side with the Ducks. The Ducks. You're, you're, you're giving the 14 then, Zerk, and you still like it. Yep. Story? I'm I'm torn with this one. I, I agree. I think Oregon's a good team. And uh, uh, spoiler alert on Utah there. We won't say anything just yet. But uh, Arizona State is, is still a good team, too. They're having a rough year, right? They're, they are in bowl contention, um, but they need to win at least one more game. Uh, this one is likely a loss as Oregon's been pretty dominant. But I, I could see Oregon kind of um, not 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 losing this game, but maybe maybe kind of coasting a little bit, thinking they've got uh, they've got Arizona State this week, they've got Oregon State next week, and I think Arizona State they've got offensive playmakers as well. As well. Um, you know, they only lost last week when they decided to go for the win instead of for the tie by going for two after they scored that that uh, touchdown to bring it within one. So it's tough for me to say that that Oregon can can cover 14 on the road. Arizona State is a uh, it's a good team. So I I don't know that I would uh, that I would lay 14 and a half, 14, 14 and a half, whatever it is. But I'm not sure that I would I would take Arizona State and the points either. You know I got I got a bad taste in my mouth. I think you guys do too from talking with you last week. But Arizona State really disappointed last week. Lost a little moolah on them. It was the only one, actually, we lost that we talked about on the rundown. So I, I got to go with Oregon. I'm not going to put money on it, but I'm going to give my opinion swayed towards Oregon because I'm just not happy with Arizona State right now. Who knows with that team? All right, guys, we're not done yet. I'm going to need a pick out of you. Wojen Wall pick them. You guys are on this roundtable special episode. Hopefully we do it again. Hopefully the people get some good stuff out of this. But considering it is an episode, I need you guys to pick someone. Just keep in mind, this week I got Wake Forest minus seven. Woj took UCF minus six. So I'm going to not give you guys the opportunity to take either one of those teams. Story, what are you thinking for your pick em? Uh I think a lot of folks are going to be scared off by the big number, but Utah has been playing amazing football at least recently. I don't think the Utes will have any trouble keeping their college football playoffs hopes intact this weekend. They're going to want to put on a show for the fans. So I would go with Utah minus 22 and a half, minus 23 in some places. A lot of money coming in on Utah against the spread in this one. 98% of the betting trend money coming in on Utah. Uh, Utah has a good offense and an amazing defense. Uh, actually, 99% of the money coming in on the under in that game. But the Utes won six in a row. They've covered their last six. I, I think we're going to see similar to what they did or, or what Oregon did to Arizona last week. Uh, Arizona is a team that is struggling to find offense. I know that you're a big fan of their head coach, Wall. But uh, lay 22 and a half, 23, even as much as uh, 24 on Utah. And Utah should roll easily over Arizona. Look for this to be a 
to seven, a, a 41 to 10 affair. Story's got Utah minus 22 and a half. I'm loving it. Bet against Kevin Sumlin, the coach at Arizona. You know he's going to chunk it somehow. Zurich, what do you got this week? You know, I'm actually going to go back to uh, one of your favorite teams, I should say, uh, first and third favorite team, Iowa. I'm actually looking <laughs> at their under, that 47 and a half. Uh, as we are all well aware by this point, Iowa's defense is just outstanding. Um, well, earlier I did say, you know, I don't think they're going to cover the number. I don't see it being a high-scoring game. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm trying to get back in good grace to the rundown. 47.5, take the under. I love that pick. Don't be scared of the mute button. No. Brace the mute button, Zurich. I love that pick. I like that, too. <clears throat> it's going to be 48 to nothing, Iowa. So Or 47 nothing, Iowa. I like the pick, Zurich. It makes a lot of sense to me. How you doing on hockey in the night? You up, I'm guessing, cashing some tickets? All looking good so far. Good. That's what we like to hear, making that money, baby. I appreciate you both coming on and joining us. Story, where where can the people reach you? I know you're big on Twitter. Is that was that the best place to reach you on Twitter? Yeah, best place, as you said, best place to reach me on Twitter, at Bedtime37. You can find me there regularly talking about uh, college football and occasionally I'll throw in some NFL stuff as well. Good, good follow. Obviously, he's my friend. I know what he's going to say anyways, but I still follow him on Twitter. Zerk, you got Twitter, email, anywhere where the fans can reach you should they have a question about what you said. Uh, you know what? I, I am not uh, not an active social media person, unfortunately, and re- really have uh, have nothing for you there. Hey, that's okay. You know what the fans can do? They can tweet at WWCFB. That's our rundown Twitter account. We'll get it to Zurich. We'll get him to answer your question. I will drive to Iowa if I have to, to get an answer from him, to get you people what you need to know. Again, I really appreciate you guys coming on. You know, I'm sure you guys have busy schedules. It's good to get, you know, these are two guys that I throw ideas off every week. If I have something in my mind, I'm thinking this, thinking that. These are the two guys I'm going to to help me with my sports wagering, specifically on college football. But thanks again, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Always a pleasure to be a guest on the College Football Rundown. Look forward to the next time. Zurich, good talking with you. Hope to see you the next week. Absolutely. Great. Thanks for having, uh, having me on.